Kia ora, I'm Damien Venuto. It's August 3rd and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. Transport links are a key election issue this year. National has announced a $24 billion policy with much of the attention going towards new four-lane highways linking Whangarei to Tauranga. National Party leader Christopher Luxon has used the policy announcement to condemn the state of our roads. His party has also promised to remove lower speed limit rules imposed under the current government. Who has the right approach to improving our road infrastructure and keeping our streets safe? And can major transport projects keep up with our growing population? Today, on the front page, AA Policy Director Martin Glynn gives his take on the state of our roads. Martin, the $24 billion question hanging over the country right now is whether we need four-lane highways across the North Island. So what's your take on this? Well, ultimately, that's the area of New Zealand that's growing the fastest. It already accounts for more than half of New Zealand's population growth and half of the economic output. So it's probably something we're going to have to progress to over time, but it will take billions and billions of investments. So it's probably more like a multi-decade proposition, I think. Would these new highways do anything to ease congestion in those big cities? Is there much benefit in having these roads besides travel between those cities? Generally not. One of the roads proposed is in Tauranga itself, so that will make some difference more in the short term, given growth. In the case of another one of the big roads in Auckland, Mill Road, that's about really linking the whole area between Drury and Manukau, which is expected to accommodate 120,000 people over the next 30 years. So a four-lane road that traverses that route will really take some of the pressure off the southern motorway. The reality for East Auckland is that there is up to 160,000 people living in East Auckland. It's one of the most poorly served parts of the country and also of the city. And so there are no public transport options available in out in East Auckland whatsoever. And in fact, people who live there use their car 10% higher than anyone else in the country by virtue of that. This will be really good for the transport industry and the trucking industry that has to move goods between those cities though, right? Oh yes, absolutely. Particularly in the case of Auckland, the east-west link between Onehunga and Mount Wellington, that's sort of New Zealand's biggest industrial and distribution area. It's a rail hub as well, so pretty much all the freight that comes from Port of Tauranga into Auckland ends up there. So that'll be tremendously beneficial for the freight industry. National has criticised the upkeep of our roads over the last year and data released by Auckland Transport does support their case, in our biggest city at least, suggesting a thousand kilometres of roading needs repairs. How concerning is the state of our roads right now? It's a big concern. It's not just a problem in Auckland, it's, it's around the country. Maintenance, unfortunately, has been underfunded for a number of years. It takes a while for the impacts to become visible, but pretty much everyone who's been out and about on the roads can see it now. We do an annual survey of AA members' transport concerns, and the quality of road services has been the number one concern for several years, and it's reached its highest ever level in our March survey. And the amount of rain we've had this year, particularly in most of the North Island, has just made things worse. 
Can you talk about the damage that a pothole can cause to a car and what it does to the safety of those roads with people trying to swerve to avoid those potholes? Yeah, it can be really dangerous. We've seen lots of examples of tyres being shredded at high speed where people can't see a pothole in front of them. It can be a real safety issue as well. Once the water starts to get under the road surface, it can just make it worse. So it's really important that they get fixed as quickly as possible. Congestion is the other big talking point right now. How bad are things looking on our roads? Look, I think anyone who's been on Auckland roads, particularly at peak times, would say it's bad. (laughs) And sometimes it's really, really bad. The real issue is it used to be a peak problem, but in recent years, COVID accepted a course. It's been increasingly spreading outside the peak periods. And some of that's just because the networks are so jammed at peak times, they can't take any more traffic. So pretty much anyone who can travel off peak does. So with COVID, we did get some respite. As I've said, Auckland's population even dropped slightly for the first time for two years, and that helped too, as did work from home a bit. But since the immigration taps have been turned on full again, it's pretty much back to where it was. And then, of course, the public transport crisis made things worse as well. People often tell us to fix the traffic. We can't fix the traffic because there's not enough room in the city for all the cars. There never will be. They usually want us to make it so they can drive from A to B with as few interruptions as possible. But what about the people who want to drive from C to D? Or E to F? We can make a bit more space for cars here and a bit more space for cars there, but all we can ever really do is shift the problem around. The other problem here is that you almost have a bit of a conundrum because if you introduce more lanes, would that lead to more congestion or would it just give people added incentive to get into their cars and thereby make congestion incrementally worse over time? It's an accepted sort of transport principle. If you improve a road, while it can reduce travel times in the short term, it also induces demand. So extra trips are made because the travel times are shorter. So generally you're playing catch up, particularly in a growing city where where more people are being added to the network. They've got more demands for trips. The average person makes around three trips a day. So it's sort of a constant battle. You have to try and address congestion, but you, you really never get totally on top of it. So it is, it's playing catch-up, as you said. We, we're constantly trying to get on top of something, but it, it's growing all the time. That's right. So long as the population's growing, there's going to be more demand for people to drive around, and that just adds to the congestion. Martin, when we talk about public transport, we often use this word crisis. What do you think is wrong with public transport today? Well, I think for a variety of reasons, but labour shortage being the top of it during the COVID years, we really went backwards. Where Auckland is currently, I think, running at about 80 million public transport trips a year, which is well below the 100 market reach in 2019. So we all saw the, the shortage of bus drivers, meaning that buses were not turning up. They were often cancelled altogether, that sort of thing. It just became, for people who were able to use it, not reliable and something they just couldn't really depend on as an option to get to work or education. In fairness to Auckland Transport and the government, they've done a lot to address that over the recent months, and it's now got to the point where they're almost up to a full complement of bus drivers. There's more to do in the areas of ferry crew and that sort of thing, but you know, the first step is getting back up to where we were, and then the second step is what people want, which is more frequent and reliable services and extending the reach of public transport. So it does become a a real legitimate alternative to, to private motor vehicle trips. 
If you're enjoying this episode of The Front Page brought to you by the New Zealand Herald, make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Better public transport remains a good option for reducing congestion, and that applies across the political divide. Everyone agrees that if we had better public transport, more people would catch it and thereby congestion would reduce. So are you at all frustrated that we haven't seen many policies really focusing on improving, firstly, the efficiency, and secondly, the reliability of public transport in New Zealand? There's a lot to come out. Of course, so far, by my count, two parties have released their transport policies. Nationals' policies are fair to them, and do include extensions to the eastern busway right out to the airport, I understand. But yeah, it's absolutely critical for our city's development in addressing this big, big climate change. I think everyone's become frustrated with the lack of progress on mass transit generally, both in Auckland and Wellington. So there needs to be a big step up there in terms of actually getting some progress out of plans and into actually starting to construct some of these projects. National has also promised to scrap some of the speed limit restrictions that have been put in place under Labour. What is the rationale for those lower speed limits and is that the best approach to keeping people safe on the roads? The rationale is, is ultimately about saving lives and reducing serious injuries. Again, it's, it's a pretty much accepted transport principle. If you go slow enough, it's much less likely to injure someone in an accident, particularly pedestrians. So the speeds that are being promoted uh, generally in urban areas of 30 kilometres an hour is about that lower speed in particular, a pedestrian has a much better chance of surviving. But it's definitely a polarising issue. At one end, you get people who are really keen to see lower limits everywhere. And at the other end, you have people who are opposed to any reductions at all. But we've found, we've done a lot of survey work on this over many years, and we've found that most people sit in the middle. They're open to some reductions if they make sense to them and in areas with higher risks. So we think the best outcome is a, is a balanced approach. So that means People can see work being done to improve or upgrade the roads alongside speed reduction proposals. But it's also put the board that the speed limits look right for the actual road people are driving on. So they make sense to them and then therefore be more likely to comply with them. We'd like to see more speed limit signs and road markings so people actually know what the lower limits are. And that's something that could be done a lot better. So it's actually a case of taking people along for their journey and showing them why you're doing the things that you are doing. I think it is. And in the end, it's actually got to make sense to people that it's in the right place in terms of risk and it's going to get the right results. Martin, you've mentioned that building these new highways is going to cost billions of dollars and National certainly has factored that into their plan. But how long do new highways of this scale take to build in Aotearoa? It really depends on a range of factors. So the terrain in particular, if it's in a built-up area, it's obviously way more challenging to build. The roads are all quite variable, so some of them are are very long. But generally, we're talking several years of construction, but that's after you've got all the planning and consents in place, which can take some time too. Our population is projected to move ever closer to that 6 million point within the next decade and even more beyond that. So does that mean that we'll need to keep building roads and keep responding to this problem as time progresses? I think it's a mix of issues. It's about balance. In the built-up part of our cities, particularly Auckland and Wellington, there's really no more space for roads. So that's much more about public transport. Roads certainly have a place 
in terms of housing with climate change now well and truly upon us. Everyone can see there's a case for making our roads more resilient. In some cases, that does involve building new ones elsewhere. So there's a, there's a range of reasons why we're going to need to continue to build roads into the future. 79 roads are in need of repair in Tairafati, 40 of them closed this week alone. In October 2021, Waka Kotahi released this promotional video advertising resilience work on State Highway 50. This is that same stretch of highway now, washed away by the rains this week. Our roads did take a hammering under the extreme weather conditions we saw over the course of this year so far, and this has certainly played a role in creating those pothole problems that we are complaining about now. So if we have these even wider roads, wouldn't this pothole problem become a little bit worse longer term? And I suppose the bigger question is, do you think that our policymakers are taking climate change into account enough when they are making these decisions? I think it's a combination of factors. I think engineers have learned an awful lot from the events this year. So when we build new roads, we need to build them to a much higher standard than we had in the past in terms of resilience. So they can stand up to some of the things we're going to get much more regularly down the track. And where they do get damaged, they can be repaired reasonably quickly. The pothole issue is more about maintenance. And, you know, the AA would say maintenance has got to be the first priority. We've got nearly all the network we're ever going to have even with all these extra roads. And it's, it's really important that they be properly maintained so we don't end up with the situation that we're in now. So there's a big catch-up period ahead. Whatever extra funding political parties may promise in the weeks before the election. Martin, to finish this chat, what do you think it's going to take to address the challenges Kiwis face getting from A to B in the future? It'll need to be a mix of things. There's no silver bullet. So it's really looking about understanding the trip patterns out of particular parts of cities and focusing on what will what modes or combination of modes will work right in a particular place. So what works in the city centre and the corridors leading up to it don't work in the other parts of the city. So it's really taking a strong kind of evidence-based approach to the problem and focusing on what will work. In the regions, they just want their roads fixed. They want reliable roads that they can use at a much, much higher standard. They want to be connected better to the rest of the country. So there's no one solution that's really focusing on a whole mix of things. Thanks for joining us, Martin. That's it for this episode of The Front Page. You can read more about today's stories and extensive news coverage at nzherald.co.nz. The Front Page is produced by Sean D. Wilson and Paddy Fox with executive producer Ethan Sills. I'm Damien Venuto. You can follow the front page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. And tune in tomorrow for another look behind the headlines.